so we will continue chapter 18 of the guru charitra so this is the chapter is called poor brahmin finds treasure this chapter describes how gurunath comes to the panchaganga kshetra the most holy confluence the holy confluence of the panchaganga and the river krishna near amarapur gurunath relieves the poverty of a brahmin of amarapur by making him discover a treasure pot in his own yard siddha muni told namdharak that shri narsimha saraswati sojourn and the banks of river krishna was to sanctify the place around and to regenerate the people morally and spiritually shri narsimha saraswati visited the panchaganga sagar the confluence of the five holy rivers that is shiva bhadra kumbhi bhagavati and saraswati where they all meet and merge in river krishna the temple the temple of amareshwar was located there and hence the place was called amarapur nearby was the shakti tirth where resided 64 yogi shaktis serving and worshiping amareshwara but unseen by others nearby was papavinashini and other holy tirthas too narsimha saraswati stayed at amarapur for 12 years this place came to be later known as narsobha wadi after sri narsimha saraswati to avoid crowds sri narsimha saraswati lived there in a seclusion in the afternoons however he used to go out in a guise of a bhikshu into the town and ask for alms at just one or two houses siddha yogi narrates to namdharak about an incident that took place during narsimha saraswati's stay at amarapur now this particular place which they have mentioned as narsobha wadi it is on the borders of karnataka and actually uh, more or less in maharashtra but used to be earlier what is called as a dakkin region or dakkin region the river uh, krishna flows from there saraswati river is not seen which everybody knows that there is no saraswati existing on this planet earth that is if you actually understand this krishna nadi is going to flow only till the end of the next 2000 years after that it is going to disappear similarly you will find that other nadis have disappeared completely and narsobha wadi there is only a very faint trace of this kind of rivers it's not going to be there for very long saraswati disappeared because by itself knowledge has disappeared from this material world today only mundane knowledge exists so if you look at the rivers also you will find that the rivers have absolutely dried up i mean when we had gone to this place uh kamaredi also this time the river krishna which flows from there had completely dried up there was not a trace in that water over there you will find that there were a few you know just patches of water here and there but there was no water per se again it's mentioned over here that the 64 yogin now these 64 yogin are there in multiple places this is actually a siddha peet siddha peet is a place where the siddhas used to meditate siddhas the siddhas and the munis that are there they used to meditate at such places and they used to get their emancipation over there even today these people exist at this at these places the 64 yogins are also there even in buddhism if you go to the buddhist part of the world they exist in that 
they are supposed to be the different shaktis the different energies that are there and their second secondary form the primary form is the pure shakti which uh, if you those who have been with me to you know kali temple in not in dakshineshwar but the other one kali ghat yeah the kali ghat temple is one of the shakti peeths you will find that there is a shakti there are number of shakti peeths even in karnataka for that matter very close by also there is one which we had also gone some time back uh, it is that uh, when we had gone to udupi and all those places you know i what is that place called i forgotten kollur 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 mugambika yes that is also a shakti peetham so like that there are these kind of shakti peeths that are there in india the second the second level of shakti peeths are these yogis these are the 64 yogins that are there which exists at such type of places so i will continue with the story in that town lived a poor brahmin added to his poverty he had a large number of children he used to live by arms but when he could not get enough arms his wife used to cook the leaves of the ghevda creeper which was growing on the front yard thus the creeper turned out to be the main source of sustenance for the family most of the days ghevda is that particular uh, you know yeah avarekaya as we call it no that is the one so they had a they had a creeper over there in front of their entrance of their place and that particular they she used to pluck leaves from there sometimes you know the the saying will come for that uh, most of the time you will find that even uh, even the drumsticks people use the leaves of the drumsticks also sometimes even the imli leaves are used you know the imli plant that is there people use the imli leaves also so there are various kinds of leaves that are used for making and cooking food so she used to use that so one day sri narasimha saraswati came to the door of the poor brahmin and <coughs> came to the door of the poor brahmin and asked for bhiksha the brahmin welcomed him and offered him worship duly but as they had nothing at that home that day the wife cooked ghevda leaves and served gurunath gurunath ate it with great satisfaction he blessed the couple saying mahalakshmi prasad siddharastu may the great goddess of wealth shower her full grace on you then he left but while leaving the house he did a strange thing he pulled to the ground the ghevda creeper and threw it aside the brahmin's wife and children were very angry and furious that the stranger ungratefully destroyed the creeper which was their main sustenance the wife began to weep and the children too they all loved and looked after the creeper with great concern and solicitude they were all worried how they would be able to sustain themselves on the day when the brahmin would return home without receiving any arms the brahmin tried to comfort his wife by saying god is there to feed and protect if we have but but if we have faith in him if he does if he does sustaining the frog in the cavity of the stone how does the mother get milk from her breast to feed the child if it is not for the god for the doing of god are not birds and animals in the forest provided with their food when god is there the provider and providence for all why should we bother our heads with unnecessary worries and anxieties without prayer praying to him 
why veil over a tiny creeper we can as well plant a branch again and it will grow up in a few days everything will have a divine purpose and everything is for our own good we should take things in that spirit i am sure our guest certainly would not have intended any harm to us let us face things as they come but with full faith in the lord and his doings the wife was now reconciled and calmed down both of them went into the yard the brahmin pulled out the roots of the gevda creeper also and started digging there to make plant place to plant a branch creeper there lo as he was digging with the kayan crowbar he heard a clinging clanging sound as if the crowbar was hitting against a hard surface as they dug out and looked in they found a vessel full of gold coins lying buried there they they took it out and were overjoyed that their guest's blessing Sri Mahalakshmi Prasad Siddharastu turned true so soon. They immediately ran after the strange bhikshu. They found him at the Audumbar tree and fell at his feet, pouring out their gratitude. Thereafter, they remained staunch devotees of Guru Nanak. Thus ends the 18th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra, describing Virapadanyas Haranam, removal of the misery of the Brahmin, glory to the All Merciful, the Omnipresent, and the ever responsive Guru Nanak. this is talking about a very important aspect of in our life and that is called faith see we don't have any faith in anything in this world we always believe you know that something that happens to us is our own destiny and we are suffering for that purpose actually you will find that the one of the most important words in this chapter is called danat danat means are you having the capacity to give do you, do you have that much amount of what what do you call that danat ko bolte hai that is whole heartedness yeah whether you have that whole heartedness to give whether you have the idea that you want to give even if you have the last penny remaining with you the last penny also are you willing to give So here, yeah, it's a form of a charity. Actually, not a charity. Charity is something which happens if you have more, you give something. Here is you are giving everything that you have. You don't have anything, huh? You don't have anything. Yeah, when you don't have anything and that little thing that you have, there's a story which I told you all from the you know uh, Buddha stories where that particular old the lady who was cleaning the streets, she gave the last coin that was there with her to the. to the yes to the monks so that they can pass it on to the monastery and when the monk the chief monk when he came out and he met them met this lady he blessed her and she became the queen of that land in china this is a chinese story so it's exactly like that here also gurunath that what he has done is he has gone to one house and he has asked for bhiksha what happens when a person comes to our place and we are not able to give whatever that is there we should give that person even if it is giving whatever that is there in our thali it does not really matter because offering the person who comes at our door is very very important they say you know atithi deva bhav so in the sense what is important is an atithi is a guest is very very important so honoring the guest what this lady does is she removes the leaves and she removes this little things from the plant and makes something out of it and offers it to the guru not knowing who he is when she offers it with love 
at that point in time they are blessed they are blessed by the guru saying that you will have a lot of things which is lakshmi's ashirwad will be there so then what happens when he is going out of the house he pulls out that plant and goes away now any person who is not in the right mind will say what oh, this person is an idiot or what why he is, i we have just fed him and he has made a chhed in the thali you know chhed means a hole in his own thali and gone away and he has taken away not only this little sustenance that we had and everything that is there but the man is very very particular about is he says that no this is not the way of looking at life the life has to be seen from a different perspective you have to understand that even if the last penny is gone god is the one who is taking care of us why are we worried why is a person worried so much that okay tomorrow what is going to happen day after tomorrow the birds are taken care of this whole universe is taken care of by god i mean we are we always think you know our ego will always tell us that i am the doer i am the doer i am the doer and i am the doer and that is the biggest problem that humans have in our in this planet so what do they do they keep on saying that okay if i give this away i will have a problem but they have already given this person has given and so her husband says don't worry about it all will be well so when they offer this to and leave it at the feet of the divine they find the gold mine this just goes to prove that it is very very important to have faith and trust in your guru the gurunath was one of the greatest things that happened over there and then later on he spent 12 years in that place he was incognito at that place so we'll do chapter 19 now gurunath's grace on the yogin ganas This chapter describes the Audumbar Vriksha Mahima. It also narrates about the special worship which was being done by the yogin ganas to Gurunath every day. Gurunath showed Prayag, Kashi and Gaya to Ganganuja and made him complete the whole pilgrimage just within a single day. Sri Narasimha Saraswati later announced that he was leaving from there. He comforted the yogin ganas that he would continue to be there present there only in the subtle form that is a grace body. and will be answering the prayers of all his devotees namdarak asiddhamuni why narsimha saraswati was always more fond of the odambar tree and why was it so significant siddhamuni explained as follows due to the curse of sage durvasa lord vishnu had to take a 10 incarnations on the earth the curse was of course a boon to the world when lord vishnu manifested himself as narsimha in narsimha avatar to protect prallad and for destroying hiranyakashyap he had to make use of his nails claws to kill him he tore open the belly of hiranyakashyap with the claws in the stomach of hiranyakashyap there was kalkut kalkut poison is coming for the second time over here kalkut poison is the poison which yeah which even um, shivji drank it's also a part of the kalkut it is called as halhal also the nails of narsimha was drenched with the poison which it tore the stomach and entrails of the demon as a result narsimha's nails were seething with great pain, heat and pain goddess lakshmi seeking seeing the sufferings of the lord plucked some fruit of the audumbar tree which she happened to find nearby the lord struck his nails into the fruit deep into the pulp the lord's pain pain was assuaged instantly by this the lord was immensely pleased and blessed the audumbar tree and said that it would from form then on 
words be powerful on earth as the kalpavriksha in the heavens he said that whoever should worship the odambar tree would get all desires and wishes fulfilled thus the odambar tree has become wish fulfilling tree for many ancient times sri narasimha saraswati wanted to make it holier therefore he chose to be always seated under the odambar tree seated under it apart from granting the fulfillment of the worldly desires of his devotees he used to show shower graceful grace spiritual grace and uplift them spiritually thus the odambar tree has come to heighten spiritual prowess too as already said earlier near amareshwar on the bank of river krishna there is a shakti teerth there lives many yogins number about 64 every day by noon they all used to come to the odambar tree to worship sri narsimha saraswati as they return to their place unseen by any you will find that these yogins you know they are actually invisible they do not they are not visible to anybody again most of the shaktis you know they are invisible their powers the powers are invisible you cannot understand them okay now i don't know how many actually experienced the powers yesterday i mean on the 12th but there were a couple of people who experienced this at that point in time and those people have been really very blessed at understanding the truth about what has happened on that day so these are powers that live in this place this place has those powers so that is the reason why i mentioned to you also that this is a place where i call it as my ashram this place so the powers reside over there at such times they worship the divine at that place because they worship the divine that place becomes a shakti star okay so we will continue <clears throat> so these were shakti teerth as already said earlier near amareshwar on the bank of river krishna there was a shakti teerth wherein lived many yogins near numbering 64 every day by noon they used to come to the odambar tree to worship sri narsimha saraswati and then return to the place unseen by any some people were curious to know all about sri narsimha saraswati as to what he ate how he got his food what he did and who all came to him one by the name of ganganuja that is a poor farmer was there he asked to keep a secret watch upon narsimha saraswati and find out the facts ganganuja was very guileless simple hearted and devout person as ganganuja was watching clandestinely to his amazement he saw the yogis come and offer worship and doing aarti to gurunath he also saw that after the aarti narsimha saraswati and the yogis stepped down into the river lo the water of the river started receding making a pathway for narsimha saraswati and the yogis to walk along ganganuja also followed them surreptitiously as they reached the middle of the stream bed ganganuja following behind saw them entering into the golden splendid city the residents of the city men and the women looked like angels and gods dressed in silk and shining garments welcome gurunath with mangala aarti shri narsimha saraswati looked down uh, looking back towards ganganuja asked him why he followed followed them ganganuja felt at gurunath's feet and prayed to be forgiven shri narsimha saraswati told him that he should not reveal to anybody what he had seen goddess lakshmi also favored him and he was relieved of his dangerous life he used to come for gurunath's darshan every morning afternoon and evening and serve him for most part of the day with great love as it was going on thus and one meg purnima earlier morning ganganuja while serving gurunath said gurudev it is said that in the month of magh 
bath in the holy triveni sangam at prayaga is most meritorious i heard only but you know nothing i but know nothing of prayaga and kashi gurunath then said to ganganuja the panchaganga sangam here is as holy as prayag and kolapur is as meritorious as gaya in and around here also exists kashi all the merits of kashi gaya and prayag can be found and gained here itself nevertheless as you seem to be very desirous of seeing northern kashi etc i will show them to you here itself gurunath stood up on the tiger skin in which he was seated he told ganganuja to catch his feet and padukas instant firmly instantly they were in prayag after taking bath there in the morning by afternoon they were in kashi and after bathing in the holy ganga and having lord vishweshwara's darshan by evening they were at gaya by sunset they were back at amrapur sri narsimha saraswati stayed under the audumbar tree at the panchaganga setra for quite a long time 12 years now we decided to leave from there everyone was sorrowful and unhappy that gurunath would be leaving from there much so were the yogins Sri Narasimha Saraswati comforted them and said, "I am leaving my padukas here. I will be ever present where my padukas are worshipped. Whatever wishes may be prayed for by offering worship to the padukas, they will be granted and fulfilled." Sri Narasimha Saraswati, confronting, confronting, confronting them, comforting them, all moved out from that place in the direction of Gangapur, which is in the vicinity of the holy river Bhima and Amraja. Even after Guru Nanak left for Gangapur. the odambar tree and guru padukas enshrined there continue to manifest gurunath's power and grace in the same manner as they used to physically live there thus ends the 19th chapter of shri guru charitra describing the holy significance of the odambar tree the special grace which gurunath showered on the yogin ganas and also of the ganga nujas kashi yatra glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive gurunath So in this chapter, there is again a very beautiful rendition of what exactly happened when Guru Nanak was being worshipped by the yogins. He is a divine being, and the divine beings are always worshipped by the lesser, de- you know, deities. They are constantly surrounding them. They are always around that particular individual, and they take care of even the slightest or the smallest of the problems. Yeah, they are they are called ganas because. yogins the yoginis actually these are yogins and yoginis that are there yogi and yoginis they are the the, the domain is belonging to shivji they are ganas that's why and they are constantly praying they are constantly in meditation with the divine like we have various other kinds of creatures also which we have which we are doing in the other book you will find that they are kinnaras and all we are we are doing in the other book so they are mentioned gohiyakas and kinnaras we are doing in another book so these are always constantly their support functions now the yogins are praying to the narsimha saraswati they pray to him on a daily basis so they will come and they will do the aarti and go away unfortunately that aspect can never be seen you will always find the person is either sitting over there or not doing anything it's only very privileged few are actually allowed to see these kind of activities it's you need to have that faith in that particular divinity then only you will be able to actually understand and see the whole thing happening in front of your eyes 
so when this was happening we have this one particular person who watches it so he is blessed because he doesn't have he is a guileless person he doesn't have deceit in there in him you see normally what happens is a person wants to spy on another person to understand to have a deceit deceitfully the person is doing those kind of things where a guru is concerned it is not necessary to have deceit you can definitely ask for the grace and the and the guru can grant you the grace of seeing those things or experiencing those phenomena not that he cannot but are you capable enough of having such a kind of a faith so here this particular person has that grace of the guru and is able to see and thereafter he is able to even go towards that particular place in the inside the river he enters another domain and so that the grace is further strengthened he says i would like to visit kashi prayag and all those places so the guru gives him the darshan of all the three places at one place itself actually you don't have to go to a actual place called kashi or prayag or gaya and all these places you can get the darshan right there itself these are tirthakshetras which are very very important for us humans so we can do now one more chapter and then we can end over there hmm? so we'll do chapter 20th gurunath's blessing on brahmin's wife the chapter describes that even after gurunath left the panchaganga kshetra that is narsobawadi his padukas which have been left under the audamba tree continue to respond to the prayers of the devotees as per the assurance given to the yogin ganas by gurunath a woman was freed from brahma rakshasa who had caused death to all the five children born to her with the grace of gurunath two sons were born to her again but one of the sons just when his parents were planning to do his upanayana ceremony dies gurunath in the guise of a yogi appears before her and imparts philosophical teachings about the inevitability of death he tries to reconcile her with the events but the woman remains inconsolable in this chapter Siddhanath Siddhamuni describes to Namdharak the Audambar Sthan Mahima which remained undiminished and even full even after Gurunath's departure from there to Gangapur. Again you can even go today to Narsobhavadi and you can see that place. We visited this place, uh, other place which is at Gangapur. That is also a very very important location. Gurunath continued to reside there but in his invisible form. but continued to shower his grace on whoever offered worship to the guru padukas at the foot of the audamba tree and the confluence of the panchaganga at amrapur now when the guru leaves a particular destination doesn't mean that he is actually left he leaves behind his tatva over there and goes from there the guru is not the body the bo- the body that you see is not the guru it is only a vehicle it's only a vehicle for the guru tatva guru tatva means the essence of the guru that is it is the divine divinity that we have which exists within that body a body is just a vehicle the body can be anything you know for that matter we use a small idol an idol contains and in that idol like say for example if we go to sai baba mandir we see a very big idol or a small idol over there it is a marble statue made of sai baba think about it like this what does that idol carry the idol doesn't carry anything which like in a material world it will just look like a simple idol whereas actually what it carries is the guru tatva the essence and that is what we actually are going for not for the physical or 
that particular form the form has no value it is like this you know the the car has very little value what has value is the one who is inside it same way you will find the body is doesn't have much value it is what is inside what is it that drives the body which has more value so always remember this the word that which drives and which gives you that essence essence is the guru tattva so let us see what happens in a village called shirol gram there lived a brahmin couple the woman gave birth to five sons but unfortunately none of them survived the woman was plunged in grief at the loss of all the sons she started praying to gurunath that he should expiate her from the previous life's sin and save her people and some of the people actually understand that they are going through this particular reason the reason why they are going through these problems is because of their previous life they have understood what karma is actually playing on them that is prarabdha karma so she goes to the guru and she says can you please remove me out of this one night gurunath appeared in a dream in the guise of a brahmin he comforted and consoled her he said that none can escape destiny the consequence of deeds whether known done knowingly or unknowingly he told her further in your previous life there was one brahmin of shavana gotra you borrowed 100 rupees from him which you did not repay he was greatly upset about your non payment and in desperation committed suicide he became a ghost after his death and has been haunting you with vengeance in the present life he has been the cause of death of all your sons imagine just 100 rupees can be the cause of a, such a great problem in a person's world it's not about 100 rupees it is what about which is what you actually are supposed to return back what is important is knowingly or unknowingly if you do something knowingly or unknowingly and it's not about ethics <laughs> ethics is in the material world this is not about ethics this is in our transactions are happening in the karmic world we see we are basically karma yogis all of us are karma yogis we are doing karma constantly sometimes knowingly sometimes unknowingly sometimes we say words you know we don't even know why we are saying words to people so what an idiot or how the person doesn't understand we just said these words thinking that they are just fun but they are not fun you need not say those words at all so it is not about knowingly or unknowingly whatever that is happening now imagine just for the 100 rupees this particular person who died is now turned into a ghost and now he is killing all the five children he has killed the woman prayed to the brahmin who was talking to her in the dream to tell her how she would atone for it and get free from the ghost the brahmin told her when the brahmin died he had none to perform his funeral rites it is now past 16 years since his death you now arrange for his funeral rites and give him the 100 rupees you owe him in charity in the dead man's name to any brahmin belonging to his gotra that is shavanaka gotra after doing this you will have to do a penance for a month as follows you take your bath at the confluence of panchaganga and krishna river and do seven pradakshinas around the audumbar tree there observing fast you do the same again after bathing at papavinashini tirtha and kamya tirtha and do abhishek to the guru padukas and offer your worship at all sincerity and devotion if you do accordingly all the sins of your past lives will be washed off and you will bear a noble and a good son and your desire will be fulfilled so there is something which was told to her in the dream that this is what you got to do see these are nothing but instructions 
the instructions can come physically or they can come in the form of a dream or they can come to you yeah parihar is basically after or they can come to you in a very different format maybe you know the format is you may be told by somebody else it's like i was told to tell somebody else what that person was supposed to do his guru instructed me to tell him which i went and told him i had no idea at that point in time why what i was saying so anyway coming back to this so this woman has been given a way out of this what she is supposed to do first she is supposed to perform the ceremony the dead ceremony after that give some brahmin 100 rupees after that do this kind of pujas under the tree and so on and so forth to this the woman replied oh mahatma i can do all the facts fast and worship but how can i pay the 100 rupees i am too poor to do that after saying thus she began sobbing the brahmin said have faith in avadambar it is none else was the celestial kalpavriksha through your worship to all it will good will accrue to it to you the next morning after the dream she start, started on her one month penance she was fasting and after taking bath in the holy confluence and other tirthas papa vinashini and kamya tirtha she was made pradakshana around the holy avadambar tree and was doing abhishek and a worship to the guru padukas the third night after she started a penance the brahmin ghost appeared in her dream and demanded from her immediate repayment of the 100 rupees he was threatening that he would throttle her neck if he did not pay him in the mortal flight she started running towards the avadambar tree she found gurunath standing there the ghost was chasing her stopped suddenly seeing gurunath the woman fell at gurunath's feet praying to be saved gurunath looked at the ghost and said do not trouble her any longer she took refuge at my feet and no harm will ever come to her hereafter if you give up your ill will against her i will rescue you also i will tell her to do atonement rites to you with whatever money she could manage and relieve you from your present state i bless you to attain better state of life the ghost was reconciled gurunath told the woman you start the atonement rite from tomorrow itself you will be freed from the sin of causing brahmin's death after that every day for a week make seven pradikshinas around the odambar tree you will have a son who will live long at this the woman suddenly woke up from her dream and felt greatly relieved she observed she observed the instructions of gurunath meticulously and was freed from the persecution of the ghost forever Thereafter one night the woman had a dream in which Gurunath gave her two coconuts and said my child you take these two coconuts you will have offsprings and will have all the happiness after the woman i know that after the woman finished the worship as told by Gurunath she returned to her village in the course of the year she gave birth to two sons the woman and her husband were very happy the children grew up as they attained the upanayana age the parents were planning the celebration with great enthusiasm but alas the elder boy just in the 8th year suddenly died after a very brief illness the woman broke down in grief and was wailing her relatives tried to console her and were preparing to take the body for cremation as it was nearing sunset but the woman did not allow them to remove the body she was blaming gurunath that although she he gave her sons he he had snatched away one of them without showing any mercy she said is this a repayment you do to me after all the vigils fast and worship what is the use of all the worship it is all nothing but madness on my part i will end my life and join my dead son at this juncture a brahmachari came over he was trying to comfort and console her taking talking to her about the immortality of the spirit 
as the evanescence of the body. Can you guess who this visitor was? He was none else but Sri Gurunath himself. Thus end the 20th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing the Brahma, Brahma Samadhi Parihara. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Gurunath. So we end this chapter over here. So what was the last thing that happened? The last thing that happened was the lady, she was blessed by the Guru in her dream. She was able to repay a certain amount. The ghost left her and she was able to have two children. But again, being Krutagya. Krutagya means? Ungrateful. Yes, ungrateful. Every person curses the Guru saying that you are responsible for whatever has happened in my world. So this is what actually transpired. But you should never blame the Divine because the Divine had blessed her with one son, not with two sons. One son lived and the other son died. Now you may wonder why the other son died and why the first son lived. The remnant of that curse was still there. And that curse had to be removed. So the person had to die. We may think that just because the person has forgiven, the things are over. It's never like that. If some curse has come out, if some ill will has come out, if some, if that person who is asking you for the money and you, are, you think you have given that money and finished of the story, I am sorry you have not finished of anything. There is always going to be a remnant because the ill feeling is nothing but what we call as the interest upon the principal. The principal you might have finished paying, but the interest is still pending. You still have to make do of that interest. And that interest is something which you cannot understand. For which you will still have to undergo those kind of stresses, the problems and these kind of things. First you have to overcome them. So overcoming the basic principle, then you have to pay the interest. So the interest in this woman's case was that one son's life. But why blame the Guru for it? The Guru was gracious enough to give her two children. Okay? So he had promised her that you will have one son who is going to be good enough. So we don't have this kind of an idea or this kind of a thinking. We are always looking at what we are losing and why we are losing. So we keep on blaming the Divine. Never blame the Divine because you don't know why the things are happening. There is a certain reason and that only needs to be taken care of. So we end this thing over here and we shall take a break. Alright?